The best three words to describe Offbeat Wall Street? It just works. Welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Every week we're out tinkering in the garage trying to put together the next big thing. And hopefully while we're not uh, nailing down our fingers and thumbs, we use the time to bring you the best and most interesting information about Wall Street and the world of finance. We just happen to keep the band-aids handy. And this week we're going to be taking a break from our normal format. Now usually we look at what's going on in the markets and look ahead at what to expect in the near future. This week we're going to blow all that up and we're going to go take a look back. Way, way back. You know why? Because this year marks the 40th. 40th anniversary of the founding of Apple Computer. Yes, we're going to take some time to tell you that story, how Steve Jobs went from being a wonderkin to the greatest icon in the history of tech to a guy universally acknowledged as one of the biggest jerks in modern business history, and of course, eventually, again, to icon. But today, we're just going to be telling the first part of the story. This is the We Play Orchestra edition of Offbeat Wall Street. You can't write code. You're not an engineer. You're not a designer. You can't put a hammer to a nail. I built the circuit board. The graphical interface was stolen from Xerox Park. Jeff Raskin was the leader of the Mac team before you threw him off his own project. Everything, someone else designed the box. So how come 10 times in a day, I read Steve Jobs as a genius? What do you do? I play the orchestra. All right. As we mentioned, Apple Computer was founded 40 years ago this year. Specifically, the company was formed on April 1st, 1976. That's right. April Fool's Day. No joke, though. Nobody ever said that Steve Jobs lacked a sense of humor. Well, actually, he had a lot of people say that, but he did have a sense of whimsy. He was a brutal corporate dictator who had an overwhelming sense of whimsy. And so, on April Fool's Day in America's bicentennial year, a 21-year-old Steve Jobs co-founded what would one day be the most influential technology company in the world. His main partner, Steve Wozniak, then a comparatively ancient 26. To give a little background on what computers looked like back then, the personal computer as we know it didn't even really exist. Some steps had to be made in that direction earlier in the decade. The home version of Pong, you know, the first home video game, that was released in the middle of the decade, and that was followed in 1977 by the Atari 2600. Meanwhile, Hewlett-Packard had a microcomputer on the market as early as 1972. However, the market for personal computers didn't seem as obvious in 1976 as it does right now. So to give a little bit more idea about the state of computers at the time, take the Cray supercomputer. Okay. The uh, the Cray One, specifically. This was the first one sold shortly before the founding of Apple. Now, that machine was sold to governments and large corporations. It carried a price tag roughly at around $10 million, and that's in 1970s money. But the computing power of the Cray One was a little less than one-fifteenth the power of a modern smartphone. So that's where things stood when Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak first met. The two had begun working together at a Palo Alto hangout known as the Homebrew Computer Club. The group was an informal gathering of hobbyists and computer enthusiasts. Now, the first meeting took place the previous year in the garage of a man named Gordon French. Now, he eventually left for a civil service job in Baltimore, but the group continued to meet. So to raise money for the first product, they sold Jobs' car and Wozniak's scientific calculator. That raised $1,300, which they used to build their first model. 
That first computer was called, fittingly, the Apple One. And uh, it came without a monitor, keyboard, or casing. And for those of you who haven't seen it, it's basically just a bunch of chips on a board. It looks like a terrible model of a really boring suburban planned community. <laughs> now, the hobbyists who bought it would sometimes fashion wooden boxes to house the unit. Those look like uh, what a person from 1910 might think a space phone would look like. The price tag for the Apple One was $666. In case you didn't notice, that's 666 I presume that's another sign of early Apple humor. The cost of the original Apple doesn't sound like much today, and it's not significantly more than a mid-range laptop today, but for the mid-1970s, that was a bit of a chunk of change. $666 was the equivalent of nearly $2,800 in 2016 buying power. To put it into further perspective, spending that much today, you could get five 64-gig iPad Air 2s with an iPad Mini 2 thrown in. You know, just to play some extra Minecraft. Apple sold about 600 units of the original computer, and those went mostly to the hobbyists. It wasn't something the average person could really use. But Jobs and Wozniak followed this up with the Apple II. It came out in June the following year. The Apple II looked like what we expect a computer to look like. It could be hooked up to a TV, and it actually used a keyboard and disk drives. Unlike the Apple I, it's a recognizable ancestor to today's desktops. The Apple II, of course, would become a source of controversy within the company. Jobs would focus on developing the Mac brand. The split between Jobs and the rest of Apple's management would eventually lead to Jobs' ouster from the company. That's a story for another time, however. Where would the money come from? It would come from finally getting rid of the Apple II. The Apple II is the only thing making money. The Mac needs to sell for $19.95. There is no market research telling us that the Mac is failing because it's overpriced. It's telling us that people don't like it because they think it doesn't do anything. To be continued, and thanks, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. And hey, if you like the show, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Hey, as long as we're talking about Apple, why not uh, check them out in action? While you're there, go ahead and rate and review the show. Good ratings help other people discover the show, so it is very helpful. Also, make sure to let all your friends know. Check out the website at offbeatwallstreet.com. That's uh, just about ready to roll. Still a little bit of work to be done yet. There's still some loose trim around the windows, but hey, you can check out all the great additional content that's posted there throughout the week. Also, remember to follow us on Twitter at offbeatwallstreet, and that is street like ST, like you see on a street sign. And of course, a big shout out to the Big BS back at the RTT News Studios, toiling away, writing the script, co producing the podcast. That is Brian Stewart. Thanks for his contributions to. To the show. Also, a good thanks to our other friends at RTT News because they provide a lot of the news and stats that we use in the show. So if you want up-to-date info on the markets or you want to pretend like you're really, really smart, just check them out at rttnews.com, memorize all the info, and impress your friends. And hey, as we say goodbye, remember that if you're ever on a corporate board, raising your hand is a really hack move. I sat in a garage with Wozniak and invented the future because artists lead and hacks ask for a show of hands. Have a great Great week, everybody.